It's getting conversational with the coffee church on Poema Radio. The coffee church. The coffee church. <laughs> Women Radio. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is uh, John Bosco Guitar, as usual, Heart of Worship, International Ministry Africa, the number one podcast that listens all over the world by the grace of God. We are so much blessed uh, this time to have um, Dr. Weaver Paul, and he's a nice person. We're going to be talking about different issues concerning the young people, but before we go into that, I just want to give you the statistics building on what I would like to uh, show you here. First of all, uh, we, a young person, that, that is a transitional stage between adolescence and adulthood. Typically, these young people are between the ages of 18 and 35, although this age range can vary depending on culture or norms. During this stage, young adults, all these young people are often completing their education, starting their careers, and making important life decisions that will shape their future. They may also be navigating new relationships, exploring their identity, and developing their personal values and beliefs. This period of life is often marked by a sense of freedom and possibility, but can also be characterized by uncertainty and challenges possibility but can also be characterized by uncertainty and challenges as young adults navigate the transition into adulthood. Now, according to worldwide statistics, and that is United Nations, these young people, 15 to 24, make up approximately 16% of the world's population, which translates to over 1.2 billion young people globally. Specifically in Uganda, young adults also make up a significant portion of the population. According to the Ugandan uh, Bureau of Statistics, that is UBOS, the youth aged 15 to 24 make up about 22% of the country's population, which translates to approximately 9.2 million young people. This makes Uganda one of the countries with the highest percentage of young people in the world. That is so amazing. The high number of young adults, all these young people in Uganda around the world, highlights the need of policies and programs that address the unique needs and challenges faced by the, uh, this demographic group. It is important to invest in their education, health, spiritual growth, and social development to ensure that they can become productive members of society and contribute to the development of their communities and countries. My emphasis today is going to be about the spiritual growth and we are going to be tackling on some of the ways how the world, most especially Uganda, is being driven away and the youth are so much um, attracted in different things, but especially when it comes to beliefs, the way how they have even to execute God's word, the way how they have to perceive God's word under the so-called prophets, the teachers, and um, the pastors. People do not want to take what really the word the Bible say, but they just want to take what really their pastors said. And Together with Dr. Paul Weaver is going to help us and we're going to understand all this, how really we can uh, quote scriptures in the Bible. And some of the passages that we shall relate on, we have Ephesians chapter 6 
uh, verse 10 which talks about the arm of God and I know the perspective most of times people when they talk about a war or a spiritual warfare people think that they are going to break demons they are going to break the poverty the spirit of poverty everything is spiritualized everything is attached with the spirit and I remember there is a certain new girl, a certain new woman. <laughs> I found her and she was like, whenever she used to see pussycats, she was like, that is a demon because the pussycat was black. So <laughs> in African culture and context, that's the way how we understand things. But what does the Bible say? We would like to hear from the biblical views. And at first, I'm going to request him to introduce himself, talking about himself, uh, what he does. And then he can start from there. Yes, Mr. Weaver. You're listening to Hawima Radio. It's a great pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, I am a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary in Dallas, Texas. Uh, it's the largest non-denominational seminary in the world, and I have the privilege of teaching through all 66 books of the Bible and a course called Hermeneutics, which is the Art and Science of Bible Interpretation, which, of course, relates to what we're talking about today, how to carefully and properly observe the text of Scripture, to carefully interpret it in light of what the original author intended to communicate to the original recipients, and then uh, how to apply that uh, interpretation to our lives. And so I do that at Dallas Theological Seminary. That's my full-time job, but I have the privilege of teaching four to five times around the world. Uh, This year, teaching here in Uganda, in Egypt, in South Korea, in Hungary, and Argentina. So I love traveling to teach, and it's been a great week here at the Word of Life Africa Bible Institute here just outside of Kampala. And it's been a pleasure to be your teacher as well in the book of Hebrews. So, Radio. Wow, that is Dr. Uh, Paul Weaver. Thank you so much for that wonderful and uh, he's a nice teacher by the way. Uh, he teaches me Hebrews and today is a day that we have completed it. It has been so much awesome. So many lessons I've delivered from there, though I may not say them here <laughs> because of the specific <laughs> uh, purpose as to why uh, I've hosted him uh, today. Uh, Dr. Weaver, something I would like you to give enlightenment about the African context of understanding the way how we quote scriptures in the Bible. We always put the, uh, we always want them to apply in our lives the way how they were applied before. Most especially of uh, Ephesians, the passage of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the armor of God. I think it talks about something different, but we always want to go into this what you call the spiritual warfare of breaking demons of breaking the spirit of poverty breaking the spirit of uh, maybe failure backsliding and so on so everything we spiritualize why would you like to set up about that well uh, first of all i can share uh, experience that i've had that you uh, mentioned or alluded to i grew up in a a church in a home where it was similar i remember as a a uh, five-year-old, a six-year-old probably, I had a really bad headache, and my uh, mother brought me before the church and said, uh, can you cast out the spirit of this headache? And 
I was brought before the church and they prayed for me. And, and of course we went back to my seat and I didn't have, I still had the headache and I was crying as a young child. I didn't understand what's going on. And my, my mother said, stop, be quiet. Don't your, your headache's gone. You've, we've cast out that spirit of the headache. And so, uh, of course I was six years old and, and, uh, it was very discouraging to a six year old to, to be told that you didn't have the faith because they prayed for that spirit to be gone. And it wasn't, uh, I think that is a misunderstanding of what is going on behind the scenes and spiritual warfare. Um, uh, we, we need to, Understand, as I alluded to earlier, what the original author, that is the big A author, God, uh, was leading the little A author, the writers of the Old and New Testament. What, how was God seeking to communicate through these men to us and to the original recipients first? So before we apply scripture to our lives, we must first understand how that word, what was his what was intended by the original author. Again, in the case of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And what is Paul under the inspiration of the Holy spirit, under the leading of the Holy spirit, intending to communicate to the church in Ephesus. Uh, None of the books were written directly to us. Now there's applications for us, but they were directly written to a specific church or specific, um, in the case of the Old Testament, to the 12 tribes. Um, well, what did the original author intend to communicate to the original recipients then? Um, uh, and so, for example, a situation that is not replicable, there's things in the scripture that are not replicable and we can't repeat. Uh, for example, Paul tells Timothy to take his parchments and his coat and bring it to him in Rome. Well, um, that was very specific to Paul speaking to Timothy. And that coat is in Rome. If you go to Troas today, you're not going to find Paul's coat. And if you do, that's not a good situation. And uh, then you certainly don't want to go into Rome and look for Paul in a prison because he's not there. And so we need to understand what the original author intended to communicate to the original recipients first. And then once we realize and understand what is meant, what is, what is, what is that meaning? Then we need to understand how to apply that to our lives. In some situations, we can't even apply it like that one, the, uh, bring the cloak and, uh, apply and, uh, and parchments or books, uh, writings to me. And so, um, there are a lot of great applications throughout scripture, but not every verse applies to me. And so, and we don't want to just read a verse and, and say, this means to me. In other words, uh, it's not what it means to me. It's, it's the source of meaning has all also always has to go back to what the author intended it to mean. So when we say it means to me, you're, there's only one meaning, it's what the original author, and under the Holy Spirit, um, the original author intended to communicate to the original recipients. So what is Paul trying to communicate to the church in Ephesus? Uh, so that's what the source of meaning. Uh, the source is not what I read it and, and want it to mean, or I read it and um, the application is many, but the meaning is one. The original meaning is one. 
How can I apply that in different contexts, different situations? So I even try to change the way I speak. I try not to use the word, this means to me. Because it can't mean one thing to me and one thing to you. What you're saying is this applies to me in this way. And so there's only one meaning, what the original author intended to communicate to the original recipients. Um, But we can apply that meaning in different contexts. And so what is Paul meaning in Ephesians 6 as we think of spiritual warfare? And so um, in Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of the might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And so sometimes we get um, focus on the spiritual forces. And certainly uh, Paul is very clear that when we are being tempted, it's a spiritual battle. Uh, we are being tempted, uh, and there's this spiritual, this is, uh, Satan wants us to fail. He wants to, us to uh, fall to temptation. Um, uh, so Paul's reminding his readers that we are at a, we are in a spiritual warfare when we're tempted. It's not just, you know, our day-to-day lives. It's, uh, there is a, a spiritual battle going on. But then he tells us how to resist temptation, and he talks about the truth, right? Therefore, take up the full armor of God. And, and this, of course, is a, a metaphor, an illustration. And just as a soldier takes on different um, a shield and a sword and a helmet, uh, Paul is using this illustration to help us to be prepared for spiritual battle, be prepared for spiritual warfare. It's not saying we... We're casting out the demon of the headache or that we're commanding spirits in the spiritual realms to do this or to do that. No, uh, we are in a spiritual warfare, but the way we resist temptation and, and is to take up the full armor of God, which involves standing firm uh, in the truth, having girded your loins with truth. What is truth? That's the scripture itself. We need to know and understand the scripture and when we're tempted, we can quote scripture to respond to whatever particular temptation we're facing. So the truth of the word, uh, gird your loins with the truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we need to be living a righteous life, right? We need to be obedient to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so um, um, the gospel of peace with the feet, that's the gospel taking the message of the truth, um, the shield of faith, we need to continue to uh, trust in Christ and know that he has provided us with all that we need to succeed in spiritual warfare. And 1 Corinthians ten thirteen says, there is no temptation except that which is common to men. And he'll be able to, uh, he'll provide a way to escape for us. And, there, and so we need to uh, fill our minds with the truth and we need to understand uh, scripture in light of the historical context, the author writing to the original recipients. We don't take a verse out of context and just claim it and and apply it in a way that Paul did not intend it to be applied. When we read um, Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1, and this is where the, the battle starts from, 
that's another passage that brings problems to young people to understand is that uh, during the old days, um, God used to speak through the prophets, used to speak through the forefathers that we had, the dreams, uh, the old dreams that we can talk about, or the apostles that you can talk about, or the vision that we can talk about. And now he speaks um, <clears throat> through his son, and that is Jesus Christ. The question that young people have, and it is so disturbing their minds, or perturbing their minds, how that that comes. Does it mean that we no longer have visions? God does no longer speak in dreams. And yet, they have evidence. They say that they dream, they, have, they see visions. Um, they, they have prophets right now. They have apostles. And they tell them that God has told me. God has sent me. God has sent me to do this. So, how can we help these young people to unlearn in this um, area and so that they can know what faith is? Well, that's a great question, and I appreciate the pointing out to Hebrews 1, one. right? God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets. So here's a comparison, comparison of how God revealed himself in the past through prophets. But in these last days has spoken to us in his son. And so in class this week, I emphasized how uh, the prophets were inf- uh, inferior means of revelation. God revealed himself through prophets that were indirect and they were men. So they would die and new men, new prophets would come back, would come and, and bring messages to the people of God. But uh, the author of Hebrews says in these last days, God spoke through the son. And so this is a superior revelator. This is not just a man. This is the God man who entered into time and space and 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 took on flesh incarnation to live with us and then he's not just um, a man who's going to die he's forever he's eternal and so the revelation of this uh, god man is is special and um and it's not indirect the prophets were an indirect method of revelation but the god man jesus christ is god he's the exact representation of god hebrews says the word there is karakter. The Greek word is karakter, which we get our English word character from. It's the exact representation of God. And so Jesus came into the world to reveal himself to us. And one of the challenges, we, uh, the sad thing is oftentimes we want to go back to this inferior, this lesser form of revelation. We want a vision. We want a dream that the prophets were getting. But God says, I sent my son in these last days. And he, and he taught and he communicated to him, to his disciples and the apostles recorded the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus and passed those on to us. And that is a superior form of revelation than the prophets of old. And that's what the author of Hebrews tells us. So we always need to be willing to go where the text leads us. And so first of all, what does the Bible say? And uh, that's more important than what uh, anyone has told us, uh, what it, whether it be a, a pastor or a, or a so-called uh, apostle or prophet. Uh, scripture is the sole authority for truth. That's God's revelation to us. And so we need to understand what God has communicated to us. And here in Hebrews 1, he makes it 
clear that he revealed himself through the Son. It's a superior revelator, and the teachings of the Son are found in the Bible. That's the teachings of the Son. He came into this world to reveal himself, and he's done that. And so we can study his word. We can know him. Everything he wants us to know about him has been revealed to us in uh, the scriptures. And so... um, we need to always examine our experience in light of scripture, not in light, not examine scripture in light of experience. And so that's sometimes our challenges. Uh, we aren't examining, uh, instead of examining, uh, our experiences by scripture, we are trying to interpret scripture by some experience that we've had, or, um, we've, we've been told that we've had, or, uh, maybe even, uh, have been, uh, trained to interpret our experiences in a certain way. Uh, as we are closing up and finishing up, I would like you to give just an advice to young people right now, most especially in Uganda. We have so much of the multitudes of young people in different churches. The good thing is that the gospel has been preached. So many young people are coming to Christ. And churches, almost every Sunday, they have um, young people full of the, of, uh, full in attendance. But the problem is that they, are so mu- they, they have a, a, a much of zeal, but uh, when it comes to God's word, really they are so shallow. So I would like you to advise, I would like you to encourage them, and then as you're concluding, I would like you to talk about your podcast and uh, how can we access it, and uh, yet even anything else that you would like to communicate about that, the online things that you do. And then, yeah, you can pray for us. You know, we've been looking through the book of Hebrews all this week, and one of the sections, the most important thing is our spiritual maturity, right? Uh, When we, uh, the book of Hebrews says, by this time you ought to be teachers of God's word, but you still need the milk of it. You you still need to be taught the basics. And so, uh, I praise the Lord for what God is doing around uh, Uganda and throughout Africa, and uh, but we can't stay in that um, infancy state. When we come to faith in Christ, praise the Lord, that's awesome, that's very important, that's incredible. Um, but how do we mature in our faith? And the way we mature in our faith is studying God's Word. It's investing the time to be diligent workmen, uh, who know God's word and are able to uh, uh, study it, observe it. We observe the the text, who's writing, why it's being written, who's it writing to, uh, what what is that meaning, and interpret it in light of that historical situation. And so we need to be students of the word. We need to be like the Bereans, eager to study the word and uh, that's the tool that God uses. God's word is God's tool to bring about our formation, our spiritual growth. And so I just encourage all of your listeners, you know, Word of Life Bible Institute is a great a tool, great opportunity to study the word, to know God's word, an intensive year of investing uh, to know God's word. Um, but certainly uh, if you're not able to or uh, right now, uh, spend time investing to know God's word, read it, uh, 
and um, and read. That's the best thing. Read over it many times. And uh, I know a pastor that reads through a book of the Bible thirty times before he ever preaches through it. Because the more you read it, the better you observe things in the text. You understand the verses before it, the verses after it, and you can interpret um, those verses in light of the the original meaning of the original author. So that's so important, and I just encourage everybody to be investing in knowing God's Word every day. Uh, Study on your own. Be involved in Bible studies, um, but make sure the goal is always uh, not what does this mean to me, but what does the original author intend to communicate to the original recipients. And now that I understand that, how do I apply this to my life and to the lives of those to whom I get to minister to? And so... Keep on keeping on. Uh, Be diligent to study the Word. Take time each day. Be a part of uh, podcasts like this one to be encouraged in the Word. And as far as my own podcast, I appreciate you mentioning that. I do have a podcast called The Bible and Theology Matters, and that's obviously a double entendre. Uh, We talk about all things Bible and theology, uh, but but Bible and theology does matter. So, uh, we're talking about Bible and theology matters, but Bible and theology matters. So that's a double entendre. And our, um, you can find our website at bibleandandtheologymatters.com. That's bibleandtheologymatters.com. And there's different links to different uh, platforms. You can listen to the podcast as well as our YouTube channel there also. And there's also YouTube videos there about archaeological discoveries that affirm our faith in Scripture, and so those might be of encouragement to you as well. We talk about the Caiaphas ossuary, uh, the, the, the crucifixion um, nail, uh, all sorts of interesting archaeological uh, arche- discoveries that uh, affirm the historicity of Scripture. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much also, Dr. Paul Weaver, ladies and gentlemen, Heart of Worship International Ministry Africa, and most of you know has Heart of Worship podcast. And uh, you can even visit us on, or you can join our, our WhatsApp group. You can visit us on www.hoima.com and you can access it and see how we can uh, help you out. If you want to give in, or as the numbers that are projected on, the, on your um, interface, you just tap, I will choose one of them. Those are Ugandan numbers. So <laughs> since you are, we are in Uganda, those are Ugandan numbers, apparently, but we believe by the grace of God we shall uh, improve and advance in more things. We love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you.